we're talking about running my race, running my race. All right. I'm learning. Pastor Wendy is, and I thank God for her because she's trying to keep, teach me technology. She is trying to teach me technology. She, she is the, and I'm not going to use the G word. She is the, I'm going to use the other, the other G word, not geek. I'm not going to say that word. She's the guru <laughs> of the family uh, when it comes to computers. But um, work with me, or should I say be patient with me on today. So let's look at, in the race of endurance, let's look at Romans. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And again, as I always say, if you're using another version, New King James, New Living Translation, the Passion Version, uh, whatever it is, we're all, we all may be taking different routes, but we're going to all end up at the finish line together, holding hands. Amen? All right. So beginning at verse 1, Romans chapter 1, excuse me, Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we are justified. Say, I'm justified. I am justified. And how is it that we're justified? By faith. How is it we are justified by faith? Because the Bible declares that by grace we are saved through faith. All right? But it says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom... We also have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 3. And not only that, we also glory in tribulations. Now, we're not saying, oh, I'm glad I'm, I'm going through tribulations. No, we're not glad we're going through, but while we're in it, while we're in it, we can raise our hands because we know that God is with us, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance. Now, New King James says perseverance, but the ESV or the um, English Standard Version uses the word endurance. It says the word, instead of perseverance, it says endurance. But tribulations produces endurance, and endurance character, and character hope. And the Bible does say hope makes not a shame. Now, hope does not disappoint. That's what I'm talking about. Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit has been poured out into our heart, or excuse me, because love, because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is about endurance. This is about endurance. How many times has somebody walked up to you or you've heard somebody say, man, when is dinner going to be ready? I'm starving. I'm starving. If I don't eat something quick, I'm going to die. Are they about to die? No, they are not about to die. Me and Vicky just just broke up. <laughs> and if she don't call me soon, I'm gonna kill myself. No, you ain't gonna kill yourself. <laughs> you just met her a week ago. <laughs> you ain't gonna kill yourself. 
It's not that serious. But this is a race of endurance. And we're going to face trials. Things happen in life. But it's not the end of the world. So let me ask you the question. What standard do we have for endurance? What is your standard for endurance? We've seen people go through things. We've seen people uh, suffer through hard times. But what is our standard for endurance? Let's go all the way back to the very beginning. To the very beginning. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. The very beginning. And as they say, flip over in your Bibles or click over on your tablets or swipe on your phones. Genesis chapter 1. Beginning at verse 26. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26. Then God said, let me ask, are you there? All right, we are there, and I hope you're there too. And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him, male and female. So we were created in the image of God. So do you think God has the ability to endure? God's been around. The Bible tells us that his mercy, what? Endures. His mercy. So we're not talking about so much mercy but God's mercy endures forever. Psalms 136, his mercy endures. Every verse in, one, in Psalms 136, as it says, as it says, and his mercy endures forever. Every verse, his mercy endures, endures, endures. So this is our example. We are made in God's image. We are made in God's image. And so he gave us dominion. And it we can't say because so many times, let's, let's look, and it says, and so God created, in verse 27, and so God created man in his image. So we, let's not look at the men. Let's not look at the men because in the latter part it says male and female, male and female, men and women. He created them. So it's, it's y'all and us. Us and y'all. So this is our example. This is our example. So what's the difference between strength and endurance? Be strong in the Lord. And I'm not going to talk about that. But this difference between strength and endurance. Strength is something you can do. And endurance is how long you can do it. Everybody stand up. I'm talking to y'all too. <laughs> now stand on one foot. How long do you see? You can't even do it. <laughs> okay, everybody sit down. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what's your endurance? 
about a half a second. How long can you do this? What's your endurance when it comes to our time with God? Well, you know, I have this app on my phone and I get a scripture every single day. I get a scripture every single day. Well, does that include your prayer time? Does that include study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman needeth not be ashamed? So did that scripture tell you how to be a witness unto God? Does that witness tell does that scripture tell you about healing? What does that scripture really tell you about your walk with God? We don't want to endure. We don't really want to go through. So there is a difference between strength and endurance. We are having to run a race. We are having to train ourselves. And you only get better at a thing if you continue to practice it. You have to continue to practice it. And if you turn around and look behind you and you are still only six inches from the doorknob and you're like, well, how far have I gone? <laughs> I'm running away from home. <laughs> and three hours later, you've only made it to the steps. You haven't run away from home. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Because let me say this. We put so many things in the way saying, you know, I, I, can't, I can't study the word of God. You know, I just get so distracted. And, and I'm as guilty as anybody else. Because it's so easy, and, and face it, we talk about distracted drivers. And you know, it's not so much distracted drivers as much as, much as it is distracted people at red lights. Because the light turns green and people are looking at their phones. <laughs> they ain't driving. <laughs> but we, we even sit, we, we sit at home, and I'm guilty, I sit at home and it's like, well, Bef instead of powering up my laptop, I just grab my phone and say, well, let me look up this scripture real quick. Well, how many likes did I get on my Facebook page? Or let me look this up real quick because it's, it's faster than because my phone is on all the time. My laptop, you know, it quick. But it's so easy to get distracted. But then how easy it is, is it to buy a pair of shoes? And, and Pastor Wendy would tell you, I don't buy shoes online because I, I got funny feet. Okay? But how easy is it to, to buy things online? How easy, easy is it to check our emails? How easy is it to do so many things and get distracted, but yet we can't find time to study the Word of God? And people say, well, God understands. And I'm telling you, God is omniscient. Meaning God understands and knows all things. But guess what? God does not understand why you are not studying his word. God does not understand. He knows you're not understand. He knows you're not understanding his word, not reading his word, but he does not understand. He simply says there's no excuse. 
But again, back to Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For you did not, absolutely did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Because when it comes to adoption, that is, but you did receive the spirit of adoption because it's one thing to love the children that you have, but you say, you know something, um, we're not going to have any more kids because, honey, I love you enough. I don't want to put you through that pain of, of carrying a child for nine months and then getting on that table. It's like, oh, okay. But we're, we have so much love, we're going to go out and we're going to get more children that maybe someone else can't care for and they're abandoned. That's, that's true love. But God said, I'm not going to bring you into bondage. I'm going to bring you into my family. And you're going to call me Daddy God. For the Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And we just love this so much. And if we're children, then heirs. And not only heirs of God, but joint heirs with Christ. You mean I'm an heir of God and a joint heir of Christ Jesus? And this is where we stop. We love to say, I'm an heir of God, and I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. So you mean everything that, that God has, I get, and everything that Jesus get, the rewards that Jesus get, I get those too? Yeah. But then here's the caveat that we leave out. If indeed we suffer with him, and we leave that whole part out. We leave that part out. We stop right there. I'm an heir of God, and I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm an heir of God, and I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody, let's say it together. I had you stand up a minute ago. You don't have to stand up, but I want you to say this with me. I'm an heir of God, and I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Come on, y'all. Say it with some excitement. I'm an heir of God, and I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. If. See, you can't say that part. <laughs> if I suffer. With him, yeah, don't, you're right, but don't nobody want to suffer with him. But see, that's part of the race of endurance. You nobody want to suffer. How long we got to stand in this line? Ain't they got another register open? But guess what? If we suffer him, the Bible says that we may also be glorified together. That we will also be glorified together. And I, I want to add this in. We're adopted. Now we have to get adapted. We got to change our ways. We got to change our mindsets. We're adopted. Now we got to get adapted. Pastor Wendy talked uh, a few months ago about the movie. I never saw it. Uh, what was it? A uh, little Annie or Pastor Wendy? You know about the little girl who, uh, Annie? Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Something about where she, um, she felt like she had to earn her way. She was going to take the water and then mop the floor and then use the water to do something else or whatever. And it's like, God's like, no, uh-uh. I got the very best for you. 
And so we've got to change our mindset. God wants the very best for us. God wants us to, to be the head and not the tail. He wants us to be the lender and not the borrower. And it doesn't mean we're not going to have some hard times. I mean, we just read the scripture before that he said um, that we glory in our tribulations. So we're going to go through some hard times. But we're adopted. So now we have to adapt. All right. Because you knew growing up, you couldn't sit in the front seat. You were too small. In my daddy's station wagon, I had to sit all the way in the back with the window down, smelling them exhaust fumes. All right. And then John chapter 6, verse 66. And this is a hard pill to swallow. John chapter 6, starting at verse 65. John chapter 6. Starting at verse 65. When you get there, say amen. Thank you. Hope you're there with us who are watching. Therefore, I have said to you that no one, no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. Verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. He's not talking about the 12, the 12 named disciples. Jesus had many disciples. But of those who followed him, it said many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and you know that and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. They were willing to endure. They knew it was a hard road. They knew it was a hard road. They knew it was going to take some endurance. All right? All right. My second point, and I only have two, the race of prayer. The race of prayer. Growing up as a child, I was the youngest of six kids. I was the baby. Can't say I was always treated like the baby. But all the things my mom taught me, all the things my dad did for me, my mom comforted me, my mom always wanted to see my schoolwork, and all the things that my parents ever did for me. One thing my parents never, ever, 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 ever did for me was answer any of my prayers. My parents never answered any of my prayers because they can't. Only God can answer my prayers. I want you to go with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. And this is our race of prayer. 
Are y'all getting anything out of this, I hope? I pray. All right. When you have it, say, Amen. And Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Another way to say it is, don't worry about anything. Don't go after anything. Don't take the first job you interview for. Don't buy the first car you test drive. Don't marry the first person you date. All kind of examples. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Let me stop right there. I owe probably more people than I can name a heartfelt apology because I taught the wrong thing too many times. And there is a teaching that says when you pray and ask God for something, if you pray more than one time for that same thing, you are not operating in faith. And that is wrong teaching. Because this says here in this scripture, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Many people teach, I'm not going to say majority people or however many, whatever percentage, but some people teach is like, God, I want X, Y, Z on today. And then tomorrow, all you say is, Lord, I thank you for this. Lord, I just want to thank you for this. And then the next day, Lord, I thank you that you're going to give me this. Lord, I thank you you're going to give me this. And anything after that, if you ask him for that same thing again, you are not operating in faith. And I'm going to tell you, that is not the God we serve. And I'm going to show you that in here in a few minutes. So I'm asking for everyone that I taught that before, please forgive me in Jesus' name. All right? So verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. The other day when Pastor Wendy was picking up the food, she called me and said, Honey, where is the confirmation number for the U-Haul? And out of all the times that I had gotten a confirmation number, this was the one time I couldn't get it. I forgot to get a confirmation number. And you know, without a confirmation number, you're just another customer. You just up the creek without a paddle. But when you go to God in prayer and you're wondering, well, Lord, how do I know you're going to do this for me? The peace of God is your confirmation. The peace of God is your confirmation. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, it guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Excuse me. I didn't keep up with my scriptures. And then verse 8. Finally, brothers, while we're waiting, while we're waiting for the true manifestation, the Bible tells us, finally, brethren, finally, sisters, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And I use the example, you go on a car lot. Oh, excuse me, let me, 
well, let me say this. You go on a car lot on a Tuesday, and you say, you know something? I've been believing God for, for a new car. And you say, you know something? I like that car over there, and, and I believe that's the car God's going to give me. Salesperson walks out, and it's like, I like that car over there. It's like, really? It's like, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a person of faith, and I believe that's the car God wants to give me. It's like, okay, okay. And this person don't. You know, they're like here or there. They don't really care, but they, they're kind of intrigued by what you're saying. It's like, you know, it's a funny thing. That car's been sitting on this lot for about a year, and nobody has really wanted to test drive it, even looked at it. It's like, well, look, I get paid on Friday, and I get paid late, so I'll be here Saturday, and I'm going to put down half, and I'm going to come pick up the car. It's like, okay, the car's been sitting here a year, so if you come back on Friday, it's going to be here. So you're like, really? It's like, yeah, so you test drive it, you like it the whole nine yards. You're going to get that car. And he's like, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So you drive. You leave, and then you bring your friend. You're like, man, this car I've been asking, believing God for, and all that, blah, 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 and all that. It's like, where's the car? So Thursday, you drive by the lot. And guess what? You see somebody else test driving the car that's been sitting there for a year. And guess what? Your faith is shaking. But in the meantime, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, of a good report, if there be any virtue, any praise, meditate on those things. You believe God for the car. Why is it because you see something differently? Are you going to believe God differently? It's the peace of God that passes all understanding. It's going to guard your hearts and minds. We can't go based upon what we see. Y'all following me? And then verse 9, it says, These things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these, excuse me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. We have got to learn how to separate our faith from our five senses. And it's a process. It's a process. It's like, I believe God for this, but my foot still hurts. I'm believing God he's going to heal my foot, but my foot still hurts. It's a process. We have to be consistent like the widow and the unjust judge. Let's go to Luke chapter 18, and I'm almost done. Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 7. And Jesus says, and I'm I'm not going to read the whole story, but this judge says, this woman just keeps coming after me, coming to me day, I mean, keeps coming after me consistently, asking me to avenge her adversaries. And Jesus says, and shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night, though he bears them, excuse me, bears long with them? I tell you, 
that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? God is looking for faith on the earth. Why is God looking for faith on the earth? Why is he trying to find faith on the earth? Hebrews 11 and 6 says this. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yes, God wants our heart. God wants us to sow seeds of tithe and offering. God wants us to do what we did yesterday, giving to people who are in need. But the number one thing God is looking for, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe what? That he is who? He is God, and he does what in return? He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. Remember, I talked about endurance. And I'm going to go back to what I said before about prayer. About the prayer of only praying one time. Let's look at John and let's let's look at when G, what Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane. John chapter 17, beginning at verse 21. We're running a race, y'all. We're running a race. I don't know how long you've been running your race, but I've been running mine and I'm not done yet. I've had some victories and I've had some defeats, but I'm not running yet. My knees are skin up. My ankles hurt. I'm tired. I'm thirsty, but I'm not done yet. John. Chapter 17, verse 21, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knows his time is short. And the Bible tells us that he is praying so earnestly. That he is actually suffering or he is experiencing a medical condition to where he is actually sweating blood. This is not a miracle. It's a medical condition. He is sweating blood because of the stress he's undergoing. He's talking to God and he says that they may all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. He's showing the unity between him and the Father. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 22, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. Does that look like the, that God the Father and God the Son are one? Can we make it any plain, plainer, any simpler? That Jesus Christ, as the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John chapter 1, verse 14. Can it be any plainer, any simpler? Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son are one. That's what Jesus said when he was in the garden. But let's look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 44. And again, I go back to people say, well, if if you pray a prayer. And and you go back and you pray that prayer again. Now, Jesus said, 
the widow and the unjust judge, she kept coming back to him. And finally, the judge gave in. But if you pray a prayer more than once, then you're not operating in faith. And when, when my pastor showed me this, it blew my mind. And that's why I had to ask, again, you who are watching and you here, to forgive me for teaching you otherwise. Jesus, again, his hour is, is short, and these are accounts by two of his disciples, one from John and then one from Matthew. Matthew chapter 26, beginning at verse 40, for those who are taking notes. Then he came to his disciples. He came back, he prayed, and came back to them three times. Then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Verse 42, again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, Father, if this, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink of it, your will be done. And he came and found them sleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And this is the truth. Verse 44, and he left them, went away again, and he prayed the third time, saying the same words. Now, Jesus said him and the Father were one. It says in verse 44, he prayed three times the same words. Now, if Jesus is praying to his father the same words three times, what makes me think I have to pray? I can only I only have to pray one time. And if I pray it again, I'm in sin. When I pray, the, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When I repeat a prayer it's not because God is forgotten. It's so that when I pray, I pray and I speak aloud. I pray to remind myself. I pray in faith and I pray so that the devil hears me. I pray so my flesh hears me. I pray so that my spirit man knows that all of heaven is aware, all the earth knows that God is moving on my behalf. It is by his stripes that I am healed so that nothing but the word of God is active in my life. I'm reminding myself of what God's word says. So if Jesus prayed the same words three times, the bumper sticker says, God said it, I believe it, that settles. Well, let's take the middle part out. God said it, that settles it. God said it, that settles it. Whether I believe it or not, that settles it. You know, we pray prayers, and I'm going to go on a little side note here. We pray prayers like, you know, Lord, I pray that you would go and speak to Johnny. Lord, I pray that you would go and speak to Johnny. But there's a part we forget. Lord, but not only that you speak to Johnny, but Johnny would that would receive, and Johnny would act. G God is already speaking to Johnny. 
Johnny just got to listen. But I'm telling you, we have to continue to pray to God. And don't be ashamed to go back to God and pray the same prayers again. Reminding ourselves whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on those things, speak on those things. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise because the devil wants to tell you, don't pray that prayer again. Why? We have to remind ourselves. That's what you pray for. And I'm going to say this and then I'm done. Walk in faith or don't walk at all. Speak in faith or don't speak at all. And I'm not saying that you can't laugh. The Bible tells us that laughter makes merry like a medicine. Act in faith or don't walk or don't act at all. Walk by faith or don't walk at all. Pray by faith or don't pray at all. Y'all, we're in a race. We are in a race. And again, like I said, this afternoon, and guess what? You might be in several races at the same time. I truly pray and I believe that these seeds have been sown on fertile ground. And God is going to bring forth some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. I truly believe, and I know, it's not what I believe, but I know that it is no accident that you tuned in. It may not be live here on Sunday morning at this time, 1117, but that you viewing this uh, message right now was not an accident, but that God intended for you to see this, to bless you. Just like I watch someone else. It's not about the mega ministry or a, a named person. But faith comes by hearing. Hearing is an active word. It's a present word. It's not the word that you heard. It is an active word. It is a present word. And hearing by the word of God. So whether it's a message you hear or the message and the word of God that you speak to yourself. It doesn't say faith comes by the, the preacher or faith comes by the sermon. It says faith comes by hearing. You have to speak the word of God to yourself. The Bible tells us that David encouraged himself. It didn't say David meditated himself. It said David encouraged by speaking the word of God. Encourage yourself in the Lord by speaking the word of God. This is a race and it's not over. If you're not dead, God's not done. We want to pray for you. We want to connect with you in whatever way we can. If you're local, we, we're right here in Virginia Beach, 4992 Euclid Road. We're off of either Independence or Virginia Beach Boulevard. We're easy to find. Or you can reach us 
by email. Look us up. Uh, you can Google us. Open Altar Worship Center. We would love to connect with you whatever way we can. We'll have prayer with you. You can download our app. We want to be a blessing to you whatever way we can. But if you can't reach us, find a local assembly. Find a local assembly that you can connect to. Because in case you haven't seen, the COVID numbers are going back up. And we have let our guard down. But God is still on the throne. But we want to pray for you right now. We're not trying to put you down, but someone out there may not know Christ as their Lord and Savior. And someone may have had a relationship with him. And perhaps they've stepped back. Maybe because of the pandemic or maybe because of some other situation. But guess what? God is still married to you. The Bible tells us he's married to the backslider. He's not mad at you. He's still madly in love with you. Deeply, passionately in love with you. And no matter what anyone tells you, God will never, ever, ever, ever leave you or stop loving you. So we're going to pray with you right now. And pray with us. Make the confession yourself. Lord Jesus, I thank you now for your love that never changes nor gives up on me. I thank you for your presence right here, right now. I thank you that you gave me the ability to run this race and the power and the ability and the presence of the Holy Spirit that dwells in me right now. I receive your love and I receive your, your compassion for me that there is no sin that you will not forgive in the name of Jesus. Come into my heart and receive me now as your son, as your daughter. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you can't join us again, find a church that's teaching the word of God, one that loves you, one that embraces you, and one that you just want to connect with. We love you. We, we just want to see you grow right where you are. And until next time we're together, peace and the love of God be with you. In Jesus' name, amen.